Welcome to another episode of the EQ Elevator podcast. And today we will be discussing the general challenge many businesses face of a CEO fraud. Now, what does a CEO fraud mean and entail? A CEO fraud is when criminals, scammers, portray to be a high-ranking senior executive within the company, use emotional manipulation techniques, so social engineering techniques, to get the either the support staff or the staff in the financial department, those who have the authority to make payments to actually wire money to a fake account. Now, you may think who in his right mind would do such a thing, and this doesn't happen very often. It happens much more than you can imagine. And just a few examples of three majors that happened in the recent years. One example is the Leonie AG case, one of the biggest CEO fraud in history, where a German manufacturing company was scammed out of nearly or around 14 million US dollars by cyber criminals and scammers imposing as a, as a CEO and who convinced the financial department to wire the money. Another example is the Ubiquiti Networks case in 2015, where a wireless network company in San Jose lost around $39 million because the attackers impersonated the company's executives and convinced an employee to transfer funds. And there are many more examples. So you may think they're not in their right mind, right? Think of when we are under stress or when we feel heightened pressure, for example, when my son pushes the wrong buttons, normally I'm able to handle it. But when I had a sleepless night, when my body energy deficit is low and I am experiencing more negative emotions, or even when I'm experiencing positive emotions, I'm not on guard, I am more likely to be manipulated and to do what he wants. So these are children, but scammers use basically the same techniques. They understand people's emotional states and they act accordingly. And often when it comes to online fraud, and in this particular case, CEO fraud, they use the emotion of fear, anxiety, stress to fool the employees or the person who has authority to transfer the funds into making such a decision. The other way is also possible. Sometimes or the criminals and scammers build positive momentum, positive relationships with employees. So they actually don't have their guard up enough to be able to see it's a scam. You just imagine when this may be a counterintuitive example, but when we fall in love, our love hormones, they take over our sight in a way and we become less critical thinking in the moment with a specific person. And so these chemicals are the same way when scammers try to use positive emotions to build a sense of trust, familiarity, to get people to do things that is harmful for the company and for the person. So I'm going to relate to the five main elements of the emotional intelligence model before going into the EQ elevator and help you with some practical strategies in reducing the risk of having your employees, your team fall for CEO frauds. 
So it's all about prevention or reduction of risk and understanding how the human factors, specifically how emotional intelligence can help you with that. So the first skill is self-perception. Now, self-perception is all about understanding one's own emotions and listening to our gut feeling. So we are surrounded and bombarded by a lot of information and our mind is constantly in overdrive. We also have something called the gut feeling, our spidey senses. And this is why it's important to tune in with our emotions to understand when something feels off, there's, it's probably worthwhile considering or looking into it. And self-regard, how we view oneself in light of both our positive and negative qualities is important. Because if you have staff who have low levels of self-regard and they see or they feel something is off, they may not have the courage or they may not have the boldness to stand out and speak up. This also relates to assertiveness levels. And if there's a culture that does not support that, it can actually lead to compliance, in this case, towards a criminal who is impersonating as a CEO or senior executive. So self-perception is a crucial component for people to build those emotional firewalls against successful social engineering attacks by scammers. The second one is self-expression, which brings me back to the other point. It's important that your team, that the staff within an organization feels comfortable expressing themselves because if they don't, then they're going to go with groupthink or they think, I don't want to look weird or stupid or I don't want to raise a flag and then be called uh, that I am paranoid. Everyone is too busy. Why would they listen to me? Perhaps when there's a high level hierarchical distance, maybe people feel it's not their place. So even if they do see red flags, even if something does feel off, or even if they see their other colleagues do something that is off, they may not speak up because they don't have that psychological safety or those enhanced self-expression capabilities to speak up when something does not look right. As a leader, as an organizational culture in building healthy security culture, this is vital and essential that you cultivate and foster positive self-expression skills. And when we look at it from an interpersonal relationship, is here is really the relationship between the CEO, the senior executive team, and their team. If this relationship, again, is governed by fear, by distant, by lack of vulnerability or personal connection, and I'm not saying that you need to be friends with, your, with everyone in the company, not at all, but if people don't feel safe to actually have that trust and confidence in challenging the CEO in a professional, respectful way, it's more likely they will fall for a CEO fund because if someone impersonates the CEO, which is very easy to do now with the deep fake and AI technology, they won't challenge it as much as if they have this more open relationship with senior executive, where the example, if in an organization you have, again, one of the culture map dimensions from Aaron Meyer is power distance. If there's low power distance, it means that the organization is more flat, matrix-based. So there's, there's no hierarchical distance or little hierarchical distance 
between staff, management, middle management. There's obviously processes and policies in place, but it's okay to go to the CEO, for example, about a certain topic, and then it is the team culture or management protocols on how you involve the rest of it. So it's more lean and agile versus higher levels of power distant. There's a hierarchy that is in place and it's respected by everyone and it cannot be seen as you cannot bypass your manager or their manager to go to the CEO. It would be seen as disrespectful and even disciplinary action in some cases, which brings again out association of negative emotion. So when scammers and criminals do impersonate higher level senior executive leadership, if there is a high level of fear and the culture does not allow to have a way to bring this up and to challenge them through questioning and assertiveness or channel, then they are likely to fall for it. Then we have the fourth skill is decision-making, is our ability to use our rational mind when we feel under pressure. Now, some people are more trained to be even under high levels of pressure, be laser focused and balance their emotions to not let them influence or clutter their decision-making. Others are not, especially if you face continuous stress or if you feel fear within your job or if you're navigating deadline or if you're navigating multiple controls from internal stakeholders and external stakeholders, then this is going to play into how you make decisions, how your staff makes decisions. And if they get a very well-crafted email, video, phone call using combination of social engineering techniques and deep fake, they're likely going to be successful and make decisions under pressure to alleviate the discomfort, to alleviate the fear instead of taking a step back and using their balancing their emotive part of the brain with their rational part of the brain, right? And not feeling pressured to do something. And then the last one is stress management. So these CEO frauds, these criminals and scammers often create high stressful environments so people can react without necessarily reflecting. And if you have a team or staff that have low levels of stress tolerance who are unable to deal with such kind of stress, they're more likely to fall for the CEO frauds and social engineering techniques. So by recognizing the role of how each of these dimensions, self-perception, self-expression, interpersonal relations, decision-making, and stress management play in mitigating the risk of CEO fraud, you can really build this human shield, emotional firewalls in reducing the risk of falling for these scams and frauds. Now let's take a look at the elevator approach before we conclude. So the first floor is about self. This floor focuses on introspection. So when an individual is confronted with a potential CEO fraud, the first step is to really cultivate self-awareness. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling in this way? And what can I do about it? People who have low levels of emotional self-awareness, or if you have not trained your team to feel safe in understanding and leveraging their emotional self-awareness, they may feel a lot of fear, for example, when they are approached to make a manipulation in terms of wiring the money, and they may do it out of fear because they don't want to see as non, be seen as non-compliant. This creates discomfort. This emotion of fear can come either from their fear for their boss, 
they're fearful not doing their job correctly. So it's only human that they will address the immediate discomfortable emotion of fear. Instead of learning to understand, okay, I feel pressured. I feel that if I don't do this, I may get disciplined or I may be seen as unhelpful. Let me take a step back. Where does this come from? And this needs to be done as part of personal development, as part of talent development. During an actual scam, you're not going to expect people to do introspection and to go and to be in touch with why they're feeling what they're feeling, right? Because in hindsight, we say, ah, it was emotion of fear, stress, etc. We all have these lessons learned. And it's part of a, H, a combination of HR and security training in really cultivating a psychological safe environment for people to develop emotional self-awareness and self-regulation skills by themselves as well, but also with the support of their team leader. Second floor is empathy. Now, here, teams, employees really need to be in touch with who the CEO is, right? They need to be able to connect with him or her so they can take a step back and understand, what, is this something our CEO would, is this how he, would, he or she would behave? And really using empathy skills in understanding if I would be the CEO, would I act in this way? And often, again, when we feel fear or stress or when we're not necessarily focused, our behavior gets influenced and our response options may not be optimal. So empathy and understanding, is this something CEO would do in this way? To just take a moment and reflect, calm down our amygdala, stress response, very helpful. And also understand empathy for the scammers and the criminals in the sense that why is there so much pressure? Why is there so much urgency? I always say the best way to uncover someone's manipulation techniques perhaps or someone's hidden agenda is to say no or to not act immediately because a, a, a proven technique that not only scammers or uh, cyber criminals use, you also offspring. <laughs> is the sense of urgency. If you don't act now, there will be disastrous consequences. And again, if people have low levels of self-perception, they may act out of fear instead of being confident and secure in themselves to take a step back and not act out of stress. The third floor, here we take a, a, an observer, a neutral perspective, and when we take a step back, we can assess the situation for what it is. And then we can say, okay, what are the policies and protocols in place? There are always protocols in place for wiring money. Now, every organization or even every sector, for example, in the public sector, where I come from, is extremely difficult to get even 5K because there is a series of signatures and approvals that need to happen, even if you want, need something bad, like immediately. In other organization, it's more lean, perhaps, and it's lacking. So. Again, it is really relationship specific, but those who have the authority or the access privilege in wiring funds need to be trained in, in, uh, in clearly understanding the processes in place and having a verification method that has time in between. Because there are times the cyber criminals and scammers actually don't use the pressure technique because they understand the payment and coordination mechanism 
and it takes longer. So they actually cultivate this trust and this patience in order not to raise any red flags. They're becoming very sophisticated in understanding how the internal system work, how employees work to manipulate them and then to get the desired outcome. Again, the fourth floor is from an organizational perspective. You need to have triggers or mechanism in place that there is always a emergency protocol. So even for emergency payments, there is a physical verification system in place, whether it's someone from a totally different department, whether there's someone from the chief of staff, whatever it is for the company, there needs to be a alternative verification mechanism that reduces the risk of one person making such wires, such transfer. And because we get lost in our day-to-day -day routine in fighting fires, but taking the time and really reflecting about how your, this is part of the preparedness phase, how your policies and processes systems actually are contributing to facilitating CEO funds, or are they contributing to reducing the risk? And this is something that needs to be thought of as an organizational role from a helicopter view. And then put those controls in place that work for the way people think and act. This is where the emotional intelligence comes in. So the fifth floor is obviously that educational awareness and campaigns, because a lot of people may say, I would never transfer that much amount of money just because someone calls. We all say that will never happen to me, but it happens often enough, even for people who are highly vigilant, having regular campaigns and educating people with real life case studies and not only staying on the superficial part, but creating that safe culture for people to speak openly about what they're concerned about. It's all interlinked because there are other problems that they face related to their job, contribute to the way they will behave and respond to social engineering attacks. So often companies treat these as separate. This social engineering is something Security's responsibility, talent development, well-being, stress management is HR. So these are like in silos, but they need to be weaved in. And cyber resilience, cyber security, cyber hygiene needs to become a way of life at work. And when using the emotional intelligence toolkit, not only do you create a culture of vigilance, but also a culture of well-being because people increase their focus by understanding how to regulate their emotions and how they work together as well as part of a bigger whole and how they can defend and protect themselves from an emotional firewall perspective. And they will benefit because the tool also increases our positive emotions when we learn how to equip and work with it to develop these resilient skills. So I hope that today's episode, English Nadia, has shed, shine, those the passive verb of shining, has projected, <laughs> when you can't find a word or find another word, projected some light into the importance of thinking, integrating the emotional intelligence aspect in building cyber resilience and reducing the risk of successful CEO frauds. Thank you for tuning in, and I look forward to the next episode. Bye! 
Thank you for tuning in to the EQ Emotional Intelligence Elevator Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights into the world of emotional intelligence. To learn more about Thrive with EQ and Nadia's mission to build stronger, more resilient workplaces through higher levels of emotional intelligence, visit our website at thrivewitheq.com. You'll find a plethora of EQ leadership resources, tools, and services to help you and your organization thrive. Thank you again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and colleagues. As always, keep thriving with EQ.